Far in the northern regions, two figures trudge an icy path. The sun is high in the sky, but its pale light offers little warmth against the wind. Flurries of snow curl around them. They are nearly at the end of their long journey. Who are they? How do they appear to others? And how are they feeling? We'll start with Adam. Brocambrian Pung is a charcoal grey scaled gecko man. He is wrapped up tightly and warmly against the freezing arctic cold. He's a pyrothermic salamon. He's much more suited to basking on rocks beneath the sun as opposed to shivering his bones off here far away from the light of Ipecac the Flutterer's grace. He is wrapped in ceremonial vestments which, when curled around him this tightly, make it look like he's walking in the middle of a gigantic leathery cocoon, some form of caterpillar, perhaps. All you can see of his head, aside from his snout poking out, and his big bulbous eyes, and the occasional tongue which whips out to lick his eyeballs clear of frost and back in, is a set of dealy boppers attached behind his eye plates, which stick out and bounce in the wind, making it look like he has long antennae. Pung is not doing well here. However, he knows the end of his goal is in sight, and with the grace of Ipecac the Flutterer protecting him, Lord of Moths, God of Transitions, he who helps all break free of their cocoons and become the destined moths they are supposed to be, all this will be resolved soon, and he can go back to bask and spread the light of Ipecac in more civilised, warmer climates. God of transitions. <laughs> As one moves from the weak caterpillar of uncertainty through the cocoon of becoming to the moths of destiny to flutter around in the form which we are all truly destined to choose to be. Very important. Also from day to night. Just to clarify, um, how many followers are there I think probably just him, which is why he's the high priest. Because <laughs> it's, it's quite easy to be the high priest when you're the only follower of the church. Okay, just wanted to make sure we were all on the same page. Uh, Leslie, go. Laconic Regibald the Fourth is a tall, wiry man with hard-wearing leather and canvas outerwear, big, clompy boots, and a really chunky knit scarf, probably made by somebody with more hope than skill. Uh, you can see a little fringe of sandy blonde hair poking out of his heavy matching cap, and he's trudging, trudging, beside the effervescent moth priest. Across his back is slung, oddly, not a weapon, but a full-size shovel strapped like it were an axe. He is hunched against the wind, and he is focused on nothing other than the road ahead. Or so it would seem. Uh, do you do you two need to say anything to one another, or has have you expended all words having traveled so long to go so north? Shockingly, Laconic has nothing to say. It's a shame! That the wind is so great that you cannot shovel as a path clear with your mighty shovel, my friend. But still, we will get there soon. Yes, soon. We shall bring the light of Ipecac to all those who need it when we are out of this damnable wind. <laughs> yes. 
maybe we are getting close. I'm loud! I'm loud! And appearing from, crystallizing almost, from the snowfall near uh, Brocambri and Pung, a beautiful moth appears, coalescing in the swirling winds and the drifting snow, and then darkening. It almost looks like at twilight, just as the sun is setting and the first stars are visible in the sky. If you were to cut the shape of a moth out of that vista, that is what Umlaut looks like. Umlaut! Fly ahead, my beautiful friend, and see if you can see our destination or perhaps somewhere where we may shelter. My eyeballs are freezing, and I could probably do with a steaming cup of tea. <laughs> okay, yeah, I wasn't ready for that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I was braced, but not prepared. <laughs> uh, okay, so just to clarify for my own sake, I know Umlaut is a familiar. Um, how are you envisioning this familiar operating? Um, well, he, he is a manifestation of the love of Ipecac, and as such is unbuffeted by the freezing Arctic winds. Uh, so he can fly with, as if it's a calm summer's day. Um, because the winds just pass right through him. And okay. he flies up uh, ahead of me. He, he can go uh, about 54 or thereabouts before he starts to fade away and I have to recall him back. So I imagine he flutters up high and ahead, scouting out for me. He can communicate telepathically with me. Um, I'm not sure what voice you're going to pick for that one, or if you just want me to have a conversation in my head and you can later on edit out what you say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, um, so what Umlaut does rise up ahead and does let you know that you, you're almost there. You just have to get to the top of this hill. And when the pair of you crest over the hill, you do see the destination, the place you've been drawn to for some time now, a winter war zone. Directly in front of you is a camp preparing for a siege. Mighty pine trees that have stood sentinel for hundreds of years are now on their sides, getting their branches peeled off and tossed to the side for kindling. The snow is smeared with mud and sap. There's so much sap that the air smells sticky. The builders of the siege are a tribe of Karu, white-furred bear people. And um, just as an aside, the, this game we are currently playing is Tiny Dungeons 2nd Edition. It's a favorite game of mine. Um, very easy to run, especially for newcomers to RPGs. I did it with students all the time. And the Karu are a uh, basically a bear person race that is within the game setting. So this is a, a group of a tribe of white furred bear people. They have been divided efficiently amongst this camp for their work. Groups are assigned to chopping, shaping and constructing the forest into their siege engines rolling towers and battering rams. Some have been quickly lashed together in crude troop transports that will be pushed from behind and used for cover against an incoming hailstorm of arrows. There are cook fires struggling in the wind. The few Karu not working stare longingly into the flames, seeking answers they know they will not find. Beyond the camp, towering above the woods, is an icy fortress, the walls high, thick, and slick. You can make out some vibrant colors peeking over the top of the wall and spot a few tiny silhouettes standing guard. You make your way to the center of the camp where one Karu in particular stands at a table. He's grunting orders 
and he's notable as he wears plate armor that looks to be made of clear ice. He is a gruff and war-torn Karu with a scar over one eye. The exquisite plate mail looks out of place on his body. As you approach, one Karu nudges the shining leader, and the leader turns to face you. Ah, the holy warriors. I feared you might not come. Welcome to camp. My name is Ayataka, the war leader of this tribe. I am Brocambrian Pong, high priest of Ipecac the Flutterer, the lord of transitions, the moth who seeks out justice. I have to say, while I understand the need to fortify yourselves, and uh, Pung swishes a hand out towards the devastated forestry, can you not see the devastation you have wrought upon nature's habitat? How many birds have you displaced for this battle? How many cocoons have been crushed beneath the flames and paws of your people? How many moths will now never be to spread their pollen and populate the world with their tiny caterpillar children? Ah, sad day, alack, and sorrow upon all who face such things. And his tongue whips out, licks a rhyme of frost from off his eyebrows and back in his mouth again. He's not wrong. Y'all are going to regret what you've done to the land. Yes, it is unfortunate situation. It is not something we relish to do. But hopefully, once you hear our tale, you will see that our cause is just. And perhaps with your assistance, we might stop this war early and end the devastation to the forest around us. If Ipecac wills. Yep. <laughs> what do you need of us, vast bear man? And Pung looks up. Pung is only about four foot two, so I imagine there's an awful lot of looking up, and as he does so, his moth antennae dealy boppers kind of bounce around. <clears throat> um, so Ayataka glances at the other Karu, um, one of them sort of shrugs, <laughs> like, I don't know, you're the guy who invited him. Um, and he turns to face the two of you and says, As you know, the gift of magic... As you know, the gift of magic is extremely rare amongst the Karu. Which is, again, a, a fact within the Tiny Dungeons lore. It is said that only one in 10,000 can wield it. It has made the Karu strong, but at times it has made us joyless. For our life is all hard work and very little delight. Decades ago, the Red Elf took pity on us and granted us a magic elixir. Both the Red Elf and the Karu leaders, however, understood that such a gift would ruin the Karu. So it was agreed upon that the elixir would only be provided in the month of the winter solstice. This has been a tradition for many generations. A tradition where Karu families could find some delight and magic in the world. Our children speak of it all year long, and our adults work hard, knowing that the respite is at hand. However, this year the Red Elf declared that the elixir, the Kokak Ola, was not to be given. Our elders have pleaded and negotiated long and hard with the Red Elf, but his decision was resolute. That, he says, pointing to the fortress, is Fort Foodstuff. The Red Elf's confectionery castle, where he creates all of his sweet and magical delights. 
You must help us free the elixir so that the Karu may enjoy their winter solstice. We cannot let the greed of the Red Elf ruin the holiday for the children. Have you tried the alternative Peepsmacks? <laughs> I am to understand that nine out of ten cannot tell the difference. It does not have quite the magic, but it might serve as an alternative. I want to. I wrote. I wrote here in my notes after this last paragraph, and I, I, I wrote Leslie might figure out the joke at this point, but I really hope she doesn't. <laughs> it's literally right it's, here. It's really hard to miss, babe. <laughs> really, really hard to miss. I only didn't put Adam because I wasn't sure if that ad campaign ran in the UK, but. <laughs> Holidays are coming. It is a tradition. Okay. I wasn't sure. All right. Have you tried speaking to the Red Elf to seek his reasons for suddenly reneging upon what has been a generational bargain for so long? Perhaps there are valid discussions to be had before resorting immediately to war? The elders and the Red Elf have been in negotiations for weeks. He refuses to give any further answer and no longer answers our calls. This is our only recourse. Unless, of course, you help us. What exactly were you hoping we were to do? We are thinking that we will launch an offensive at the entrance of the Red Elf to see if he can withstand our whole might. But we do know that our spy has discovered a secret side entrance that is breachable by a small and cunning team. If you accept, your job would be to go through that entrance and attempt to secure the elixir without the shedding of blood and the destruction of the fortress. If you well. can find where it is being brewed or yet bring us the secret formula, you could grab it and return. Well, I am small and you are cunning. So between us, we meet the criteria. My concern, if I may say such a thing, is this. If we manage to liberate this formula for you, hmm, you would go into business brewing it for yourself, one would presume. What would stop the Red Elf then seeking greater war on you for stealing trade secrets? Hmm? Ikaru are not motivated by greed. We only wish to use it for our traditional celebration for this month. But that might be a good reason why he can't share it. And if we manage this, it will save much bloodshed on both sides. Yes, 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 yes. But it will not save the forest. Precipitate you are. Too precipitate. Think of the badgers. <laughs> I'm afraid we are resolute in this decision. Mm. If you will not help us, then we will go to war. Mm. I'm just feeling out alternatives. You say your life is without magic. Have you tried this? And Pung uh, stands upon the table in front of um, Ataru? Ayataka. Uh, Ayataka. And he, he climbs up upon the table in front of Ayataka and leans up. I've got your nose! <laughs> and he reaches out and he grabs uh, Ayataka's nose and then pops his, his scaled lizard thumb out between two of his long, scaly, padded gecko fingers and goes, See? Aha! Magic! And I'll put it back! Wah! And he leans up and, and bops him on the nose. There! See? 
the very verisimilitude of his nose. <laughs> Laconic picks him up and sets him on the floor. What about this one? I can remove the first part of my thumb. And he puts one hand between the other and moves the end of his thumb. Yeah, magic. No elixir Hung. needed for this one. Hung, maybe we should begin our uh, efforts. Maybe we should speak to the Red Elf first. See if we can get to the bottom of why he has suddenly reneged upon this deal. And then, if no meaningful bargain can be struck, he will never suspect us to then infiltrate his fortress. Steal this formula and give it to the children. Well, maybe not directly to the children. Hmm. No, but I dare so say much. we could intercede. They can't have too much. It's bad for their teeth. People say that about lots of things. Mm. Chewing rocks. In that case, it is accurate. Okay, so what are you going to do? Um, I, I'd i like to accidentally disrupt your entire plot for the game and go and see mm -hmm. if we can speak to the Red Elf first of all and, and work out what his, what his grievance is. Okay. So uh, the pair of you are going to head straight to the entrance of the fortress? I mean, un unless Laconic can persuade me otherwise... <laughs> Uh, Laconic would like to stop for a second and look down at Salamander Friend. Do y'all even have teeth? Or is it more like a bony ridge? Um, it's more by way of metaphor. But yes, bony ridge. Largely bony ridge. <laughs> it's a bony ridge. Okay, we should so attempt to speak to somebody. We will not have entered this area unmarked. Especially since there are no trees to hide our passing. Okay, so the pair of you wandered down the way um, through the, the siege, past the, I essentially think the demilitarized zone, the area which would be out of the range or the assumed range of the fortress's defenses. And uh, the pair of you walk up to the very large and very intimidating wall. I kind of think as we're walking, at the point it is far too late for us to reasonably turn around and, and go back. Uh, uh, Pung turns to Lakani and goes, We should probably have asked what sort of forces the Red Elf has, uh, what sort of enemies that may be in here, what sort of weaponry he may be pointing at us in order to require our, our Ursine chums to uh, need an entire siege. Never mind! <laughs> to be fair, there are some considerable fortifications ahead of us. Mm. They may just need it to get inside. True, true, very true. Yeah, so as you approach, uh, you, you... I would say that the scale here... Um, think bossing, say, man out of ice. Mm. It's a very large, very thick wall, uh, and the doors are needlessly, question mark, large. Like, why would you need a door that large? Um... And you do see two tiny green elves uh, at the very, very top looking down at you. Uh, Pung looks up and waves. Um, hello? Uh, you see the two elves look at each other and they go, Are you talking to us? Pung kind of looks around and goes, We're, we're in a frozen hellscape. Who else could we be talking to? What? One moment. <clears throat> Ipecac the Flutterer, Lord of Moths. Hear your servant's prayer. Grant me some of your followers, your power, some of your sacred moth spirits to carry our words to these two 
<coughs> guardians of the fortress, and in turn to carry their words to us. And it, Pung makes the sign of the moth by crossing his thumbs and fluttering his fingers. Uh, and from his palms, pollen starts to fall, which, assuming I make my roll successfully, crystallizes into the form of four tiny little moths. Uh, tiny Dungeons is a 2d6 um, roll system, generally speaking. Uh, you roll 2d6. If you get a 5 or a 6, that is a success. Um, so you can get up to one or two successes. If you the character has a trait in something, they get 3d6. Or if they do something that would give them advantage, they would get 3d6. If they do something at disadvantage, they only have 1d6. And um, that is either situational, and then there's some some abilities um, work like automatically with one d six. So in general, you know, well, that's how the the successes are determined. So I, I assume since you are spell touched, this is a three d six roll. Uh, no, spell touch stuff is a flat two d six. it's it's the other one that's the the advantage, I think. Yeah. It's because it lets me do stuff I shouldn't otherwise be able to do. So, um, oh, that's right. I, I rolled two d six to cast this particular Mothrical, um, and I got a six and a two. So that is a single success. All right. Uh, so how is how does this envision for you? So yeah, the pollen flitters down from his fluttering fingers uh, and crystallizes into four quite small, um, dusky brown moths. Um, it's like a standard wood moth. Uh, and Pung uh, takes one and puts it against his right ear, jumps up and kind of slaps one to the right ear of uh, Laconic, and then the other two flutter up to where the green elves are and kind of <laughs> fl- circle around their heads, kind of orbit them briefly, and then again just <laughs> onto so, the right ears of each of them. Is this going to let us speak to them, Sprats? Ow, that hurt. Yes. Hello! Ah! Oh! Oh, look! We can hear them! Yeah. I don't want to hear them. Well, we can! Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry for, for doing this without asking your permission, but you see, we are here on a potential mission of mercy, and my lord Ipecac the Flatterer! May the pollen fall from his wings for all time and make many flowers grow beneath him, has uh, asked me to try to resolve this peacefully. Hello up there! Oh, hello! Um, what, what is it you want to resolve? We have been asked to mediate the current disagreement between the Red Elf, whom I presume you currently work for, and the Bear Clans of that lot, around the disposition of the Kokoola Elixir. I understand that there has been an agreement which is in some doubt for this year. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about it? I... I I'm hoping that we can have a discussion with the Red Elf about exactly what has gone wrong. And we want to talk to your boss. Yes, that, that. <laughs> oh, the big guy? But, well, he's not here. This, this is the this is the foodstuff factory. He's not here. It's the busiest time of year. He's at the primary factory. Oh, um, hmm. Could we speak to your manager, please? <laughs> Um, um, I, I guess. Thank you. Do, do I have to take this off? I have to, I have to leave the wall. Oh, uh, it, it, it'll disappear when you go a bit further down. Could, could we come in? It's quite cold and I'm not built for this sort of weather. Yeah. 
Uh, no, can't, can't let you in, but, uh, hold on one second. Send it down. I don't want to send it down. I don't like them. What do you mean you don't like them? You don't even know them. I don't like them. This is what gets you on the naughty list every single year. Fine. So one vanishes. The other one goes over to, uh, what looks like a, a wooden apparatus on one end of the tower. Um, and he seems to be working at it for several minutes. Um, and, uh, eventually you hear a little chime, like a little bell ding, 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 uh, in front of you. And you look to the sound of that bell and you notice that there is a little wooden dumbwaiter next to the, uh, the fortress door. And there's two cups of cocoa there. Thank you very much. And Pung leans over and takes two cups of cocoa, hands one to Laconic. This is mighty fine of you. Thank you. It's really good. Yeah, Pung kind of hunkers down as best he can while waiting. Kind of, again, the, the, the robal vestments making the cocoon around him to trap his warmth that little bit better. Uh, Laconic is going to roll his eyes, take his scarf off, and wrap it around your head. Thank you. So now it looks like you're wearing a little babushka, kind of just just the front of your face is exposed, yeah. and your eyes kind of are just barely on the outside of it. Just the, the, the tip of my dangling antenna just poking out the top. Yeah, I, around the deedly boppers, they they're they're still free, uh, because that's apparently important to you. Thank you, my friend. I don't know what all this fuss is about because we work hard, we have fun, just build it into your day. Mm, exactly. My mate, Shasta, uh, he has a habit of making this wine that cheers us up in the, the dark hours of the winter, so I guess I can see their desires for something nice. Yeah. Maybe if I can convert them all to worship of Ipecac, they will find joy that way. After all, it is mandatory that at least one hour a day you get to cavort, preferably in a meadow. <laughs> what if y'all don't have a meadow? Well, you know, visualization. Just find somewhere that you can cavort in and pretend. Eventually, about 10, 12 minutes later, uh, two more elves appear. At this distance, I don't know if you can tell the difference. You assume one of them is the first one you came with because of the little moth earpiece appears back on his ear. And then there's another one standing next to him who's wearing um, the same green outfits, but this one's wearing a little red sash. Pung, Pung waves and says, if, if one of you could pop the moth off and give it to your manager, that, that'll probably help this. Thank you very much. The one that doesn't seem to like you guys immediately pulls it off and then <laughs> gives it to the other one. He goes, uh, yes, hello. This is, hello. Uh, my, uh, this is Twizzlezy. Uh, how can I help you? Hello. I'm Brocambrian Pung. I, priest of Ipecac the Flutterer, moth god of transitions and uh, glory. No thank, no, thank you. We're not no, no. interested. I'm not. I'm not here to sell you anything. Technically, I might be here to buy. Um, this is my colleague. Say hello, colleague. Hello. Um, we are here uh, to try to resolve a disagreement that has arisen between your master, the Red Elf, and that whole army of Panzerbjörner over there. Um. Oh, oh, right, right. The the Karu who are mad about the elixir. Yeah. That's the um, one. Yes. Um. We, we, we're trying to hopefully come to some form of, of agreement uh, or at least an understanding as to why the supply has been cut off uh, in violation of, I understand, a contract, or, or so they seem to say, and to discover what mediations can be uh, negotiated like reasonable, joy-loving beings we all are. 
You can see uh, um, above, he's like rubbing his temples, like, why did I accept this promotion type of thing? And he goes, look, uh, we've been through this with the Karu several times. The big man's made his list. He's checked it twice. It's just, it's not going to work out for this year, okay? I, 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 I don't know why he sent a lizard and a person to come talk about it. it it's really, it's, it's a done deal, okay? We're not giving out the elixir this year. That's just ha- how it is. Has the entirety of the Karu been naughty? Even the children? That I'm seems really, a little racist. I'm, I'm really not at liberty to discuss those sorts of things. I don't meet... Between you and me, I don't know, okay? The big man said, no elixir. He was in a mood when it happened. Mm. Like, I'm not, I wasn't, I wasn't going to question it. You know, no, that's understandable. Some... But, but, but what I'm gathering from you, uh, and, and I appreciate that this is coming from your employer, mm-hmm. um, is that the entirety of their species is currently on the naughty list and not allowed elixir. Uh, have I grasped the, the, the thrust of it? Again, not a critique of you. Just try. They are not the most um, communicative of people, you see, uh, or at least the ones I've spoken to haven't. And it is important to try to negotiate and, and mediate and come to a, a resolution, being in grasp of all the facts. Hmm? Yes. <laughs> Look, the whole the whole deal is this: like when when you're in charge of determining who gets free stuff, there's a, there's a lot of responsibility, and a lot of people don't like your decisions sometimes. So, you know, they're just gonna have to suck it up. Uh, that that's it. Uh, I don't have authority to do anything else. So you know, if they want to start a war, so be it. But you know, uh, I I can't do anything for you. I'm sorry. Well, is the problem that they were getting it for free? Would you be prepared to sell? What what kind of operation do you think this is? We're not in it for the money. I don't know. I'm from the deserts. <laughs> you people up here in the ice, it sends you all peculiar. I mean. You're lucky I'm not reporting to your HR department the fact that your entire organization appears to be racist against bear people. That's by the by. Bung, we are here to solve a fight, not to start another one. That's why I'm not reporting them. I think I'm being quite, quite restrained. Are you going to take them all on from down here? There's got at least be at least six or seven up there. No, that's why I'm trying to buy it. Or at least to get a price that we can go back over there and go, hey, they'll sell it for you. You a bunch of freeloaders, you know, pay your dues. Do you have a reserve that is for sale? It's for the children. The children. Do the children not deserve joy? Do y'all have a way we can talk to your boss? I, I no. That he's he's at the central factory. He says he's not to be disturbed, especially about the elixir thing. Look, I got a quota of candy canes I got to meet. I, I, I'm sorry. Listen, here, uh, go send this down the chute. This is the best I can do for you, okay? I, I'm very sorry. Uh, have, have a good winter solstice. In here. Thank you all for your time and the hot cocoa. Mm. There's another little jingle at the, um, at the dumbwaiter. Uh, you, you, you open it, and you see that there are two wrapped gifts, and they have your names on them. Oh, they work fast. Thank you for your time. I, I go over and I, I take the parcels and I pass one to look on it. And I take the one with my name on it and I took it somewhere inside my robe of vestments. Are you, are you gonna, you're not going to open it? Is it Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> kind of monster do you think I am? Do y'all happen to have what? a location that I could deposit the wrap in so I do not have to litter? 
Um, <laughs> it's not even crispy. Rising, rising out of the ground is a striped um, trash can. You know, like as if it were the North Pole. Uh, Laconic will open his, but he'll do it in that that quick kind of stick a finger into the tape, pop the tape, uh-huh. and then fold the paper, and then set one. Once if the box is empty, the box will go in the tub or in the bin. Okay, yeah, it is a it's a potion of cold resistance. Well, that's mighty fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it's suspect gonna be... we have a walk ahead. It's, it's it's going to be a long wait till Christmas. I think I might need that now, but it's the principle of the thing just punk shivering. Hey. I will hey. enjoy it, though, later. Pung, hmm? I have something for you. Hmm? Hands, hands him the cold resistance. Ah, oh, thank you. That'll be just as good. That's a double present. And Pung tucks that into his rope with the round now, one. did I say that was for the solstice? <laughs> no. Oh, Your eyeballs are grown frost again. Drink it. Thank you. It's very kind of you. And and Pung does. He pops it up and, and chugs it down. Okay, so now you have some cold resistance for a time. Where to? Uh, can we see the main factory from where we are? Or the main hub thing? Oh, the central factory? Yeah. Okay, um, I should, should have clarified this with the elves. It's like in another geographic location. So we, we can't just go and speak to the boss any further then. Fine. Okay. Well, we did our very best there, my my, uh, my silent friend. Um, let's walk away from the walls where we have a discussion and, and, and probably turn these off. And, and Pung uh, pokes his, his fingers out from his vestments, uh, wiggles his fingers, and the moths uh, dissipate. Yes. Um, well, we tried. I'm not entirely convinced that the... the robbing is the way forward, but it's that or a war, and quite frankly, I, I think that this is something that they're going to have to work out. Um, hmm. Unless we can convert the entirety of their population, or a substantial majority, to uh, the worship of Mimikatha Flutterer, in which case the cavorting and the mothricles that come with devoted worship of the Lord of Transitions uh, might appease, perhaps. <laughs> and he blinks one uh, eye after the other. I suppose we could take a private tour and see what's going on in there. Maybe find the actual communications. Or perhaps a handy shuttle up north. Mm. Well, there we go. Do you remember exactly where the secret entrance was from the maps, or are we, we going to trek back and get it and trek back out again? Were we given the instructions, or did we just wander off? Can we you say that we got off. the instructions? <laughs> you were not given the instructions. Dang it. <laughs> back we go. <laughs> <laughs> Proper you, couple of you, mugs we are. You, you return to the camp. I open up the map and I click on the fast travel icon. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a, a, a game hint appears. Um, <laughs> pyrothermic Salamar regain health when hit by non-magical fire. Yeah. Maybe I should have done a cryothermic one. I would have been in my element. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wonder that when you sent me the character. I'm like... Really? In a Christmas special? You went pyrotherm? Yeah. Um, okay, you return to the Karu camp. How did the negotiations go? Well, uh, not well, I'm afraid. Uh, the uh, Red Elf is elsewhere and is not answering his mail. Uh, the foreman of the factory is very, very sorry. Not prepared to negotiate. He has his orders. It is more, I understand, than his job is worth. <laughs> um... 
Apparently, they're all bear racists, so there's that to deal with. Please do not take that statement as fact. All that I'm is saying, a supposition made on the part of my friend here. All I'm saying is they said your children aren't allowed to have fun. Like all you, of them. Read into that, that what you will. That is not what they said. <laughs> can <laughs> you both, your mouth shut? Can you both roll uh, a persuasion, please? Gosh. If you have a relevant trait, then add an extra d6, otherwise 2d6. Um, I come from a long family of dog regarders. Will, will that help me in this situation? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, a one and a five. Okay. A four and a five. Uh, okay, he has no idea who to listen to. You are both <laughs> equally convincing. <laughs> but the, the meat of the matter is, it isn't going to happen uh, by mediation. At the moment, although I recommend that, that both of your HR departments sit down and have a word, so we're probably going to have to go back to the first thing, which is breaking in and stealing it. Again, doesn't really sit well with me not being a thief, uh, but there we are. Um, can you remind us where the secret entrance is that your scouts have located so we can commence the commencing? <laughs> Technically, they would be informing us since we were not told yet. Well, I also regret it has to come to this, but I am grateful for your help. And as you mentioned, you are not thief, you are holy warriors, which is why we brought thief. Come forth, Topo Chico! Uh, and suddenly a pile of rags that's been lying to the side of the camp starts to move. Slithering out of the pile is a small goblin dressed from head to toe in simple burlap robe with the hood drawn up. Uh, he seems to rattle and jingle with every movement, as if weighted down by a bloated coin purse. Um, Topo Chico is a bit odd, but he has been very invaluable. I think as Topo Chico has kind of emerged suddenly, startling Punk, uh, Punk has leaped back onto the table, and in doing so, his robes have unfurled around him, fluttering out. It's a long cloak. But when it's all out, it is like a pair of giant moth wings that catch the air and hold. And in both of his hands are a pair of throwing blades shaped like moths, which have come from a bandolier across his chest. Yeah! Ah, terribly sorry. You startled me. Dangerous thing to do. I could go off at any time! <laughs> he Hung. slides his, his, his mothorangs back into Wrap his it bandolier. In. Wrap it in, buddy. Rewraps re himself in his in his vestments to once again a cocoon shape. Mm, sorry about that. Um, and then he kind of looks down and, and gets off the table, kind of kicking the map that had stuck to his sticky toe pads back onto the table. Sorry, sorry about that. Nice very, to meet you. Very, very shiny. Can I have one? A, a map. <laughs> and kind of Pung reaches back up to the table and, and, no. and kind of looks quizzically. He shakes his head. No, shiny. I want shiny. Can I have shiny? Sh use your words. Shiny what? He frowns. Shiny! He wants the Martharangs. Oh, uh, not just yet, because I might need them. But, but when we've done, yes, I, I can definitely get you a Martharang. This seems to satisfy him. Um, so Topo Chico, just so you know, is a goblin with 4 HP. He has the inherent ability... Goblin agility, which allows him to attempt an auto evade at every attack. He's an acrobat with nimble fingers, is sneaky, and uh, he he is your he's your little buddy for this adventure. Topo Chico will lead you to secret entrance and help you get in. Cracking! 
Um, well, I, I we, we've already taken up quite a bit of time so far, and I'm aware that we're on a deadline, so we should probably crack on, what? <laughs> All right, lead like, the way, Squirt. <laughs> the three of you head on. Um, as you are walking away, can you both roll me a perception check of some kind? Yes. Uh, would being from a long family of well-known dog regarders help with this? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> a three and a four, so a fail from me. Okay, hold on. I'm. I want to read. I want to read the text on one of my things. Read the text on one of my things. This is a listening check. If that makes a difference. But, well, of course you didn't do well. You don't have ears. Mm, true. I absorb vibrations through my scales and my daily boppers. My antenna nah. is sensitive. Uh, I, I am resolute and vigilant, but I'm not keen of hearing, apparently. I got a six and a four. Okay. Six One is success. A success. As you're leaving, you do catch a small, um, Laconic gets a small snatch of conversation and hears um, that uh, Iro... Irohasu and Commander Dasani are reporting in, and they are ready. And that's that's all you really hear from that little little bit. Um, you approach the um, the secret entrance. It seems to be some sort of service entrance tucked away within the ice cliffs. Um, it has already been opened and unlocked, and you see uh, Topo Chico, you know, opens it for you. But as you're opening it, you hear war horns. <laughs> the thundering of drums um and then some other alarm from the fortress which is like a maddening persistent swishing of sail be- sleigh bells and you're shh, 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 shh. um and you, you kind of glance over to the to the field and you see that the the Karu have begun their attack even though they did not tell you they were going to do so so much for avoiding the crush yes maybe he's not a bear racist he might have something here <laughs> Move faster, we should. Move faster. Yes. We must scamper. Uh, and uh, Pung uh, drops to all fours and skitters like a lizard <laughs> after Topo Chico. Uh, Laconic walks. <laughs> <laughs> Swinging one leg in front of the other. Just you're so it. much taller than me and Topo Chico, though, so you're all right. Your pace is probably equivalent to my skitter. You enter the first room. Inside, you see a long and massive hall. Pale orbs have been affixed to the ceiling, casting down a wintry light. The hall is divided into six individual bays built of clockwork and brass. There are three on the left and three on the right. Towering in each of these are 20-foot nutcracker soldiers made out of metal, their soulless smiles gleaming in this light. In the closest bay on the left, you see two small elves wearing bright green hunched over an open compartment on the nutcracker's head. Can you believe these dumb bears think they can crack fort food stuff? I don't even know why we're mounting a counteroffensive. Well, obviously the big man thinks it's important enough, so pay attention! We're behind on calibrating these nutcrackers. We don't launch them soon, we're gonna get found out! Relax, no one's gonna find out. You always say that, and we always do! I don't know why I let you talk me into slacking off. Because it's fun! So, that's what you see. I'm assuming they did not notice us. Not yet. They are too busy working on the nutcracker. I think Pung, um, yes, as, as quietly as Pung says, yeah, we need to get around them. They do have a plan in case we're caught, however. One moment. And Pung kind of slowly tiptoes back down to basically the corridor out of earshot of these elves. 
holds his hands again in the symbol of Ipecac and flutters his fingers and says, Ipecac the Flatterer. Sorry, a bit, bit, bit more quiet. Ipecac the Flatterer. Your servant needs your aid once again. We are infiltrating on a quest to stop conflict. Not very successfully at the moment, admittedly, but, but you know, we're doing our best. <laughs> Given what is going on, I require your assistance, for as you camouflage yourself against the barks of trees to avoid the keen eyes of sparrows, so help us camouflage ourselves against the bark of this metaphorical tree, so as to avoid the piercing beaks of these metaphorical sparrows. And I'm going to uh, invoke a minor moth Chris. And what I would like to do is manifest three uh, badges that say food hygiene and safety inspectors with our names on. <laughs> All right, roll it. That's a five and a six. All right. New successes. There they go. Bing, bing, bing. So yes, the the pollen, uh, the magical pollen flitters down from my uh, my my hands and manifests into these three badges on the floor and Pung leans down, picks them up, sticks one on because they're sticky badges and just slaps one above his left breast um, and walks over to um, Topo Chico <laughs> laconing it. Yeah, no, never suspect us. Can't say shiny. I've ever seen barks like this. Applies the sticker. Um, it, it's holographic, your one. And it has that kind of shiny silver outlay around it. Uh, yeah, so is it a sticker, like an adhesive, or is it like a pin? Um, like, or is like it magical? A, it's, it's magical, so I kind of imagine that, that a pin is more verisimilitudinous, but a big old adhesive sticker is more fun, so I think they're just big old stickers. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Chico kind of looks at it and then doesn't want, wants to keep it, and so at first it's like, mm, put it in my robe. And then he ends up putting it onto, onto his hood. Excellent. Thursday disguised, we can recommence. So if we are spotted, we all know what our cover story is, yes? Food hygiene and safety inspectors here to make sure that the food in the uh, factory is up to code and that their nutcrackers are appropriately calibrated in accordance with the OSHA regulations. What does OSHA? What, what does OSHA stand for? Uh, OSHA is another deity. Uh, he's mighty. Very pernickety around the details, very concerned with making sure that everybody follows his regulations and, and keeps themselves and other people safe, including Likes when they're building death machines. Labels and handrails. Mm, yes. Uh, a, a deity of bureaucracy, mostly. Don't worry about it. Right, All right. Get this is how you want to do it. Well, I, I, I know I wanted to do it by talking to the Red Elf and finding a piece of resolution. <laughs> but alas... Well, I'm open to suggestions. Do y'all have a clipboard? Of course I have a clipboard. I'm a priest. And Pung reaches... (laughs) (laughs) Reaches into his robes and pulls out a clipboard. There is a pencil attached by a string hanging off the top of it. I guess you're the uh, head of our troop. Okay, so are you trying to sneak and then this is the backup plan, or is this the primary plan? I think we're trying to sneak and this is the backup plan. Alright, so everybody roll stealth. Chris, I come from a family of dog regardless. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have to know, how do y'all regard dogs? Well, you, you mostly look at them and go, that is a good dog. <laughs> it's, it's a very easy job. Chico <laughs> has passed his uh, stealth check. Just yeah, so you know. I, I got a four and a six. 
I got a four. And a one. <laughs> I'm really okay. tall, okay? <laughs> and wearing plate mail, though. No, I'm I'm wearing. Oh, with leathers, aren't you? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, good okay, work so... hard type type clothes. You know? How how are you? How is this failing, laconic? How do you draw attention to yourself? Uh, how tall are the the elves? Sorry, how tall are the the little guys that we're going up against? Are they like people elves or are they like? Uh, no, they're like traditional they're elves. Yeah, they're they're little. I hit my head on something. Ah, yeah, okay, it's all scaled. Yeah. Oh, that's true, because both uh, Pung and uh, Topo Chico are s- small, and so as you are m- moving underneath uh, what would is a fairly easy to clear um, piece of the structure, you, you do bonk your head. You let out, You let out a cry, or is it just like a, a like a silent, stoic, like, clanging? Uh, it's it's a thud followed by the, the muffled. <laughs> okay, so um, when you do that, one of the elves turns and goes, Intruders, spin this one up! And uh, they close no, the com- no, no, no. Uh, wait just one moment. Brian, write that one up. That's a health and safety violation right there. Um, spin what up? I'll have you know we are here on orders of the Red Elves to conduct an emergency health and safety and, and food hygiene survey. And we've already found one thing right away. You're going to be in a lot of trouble. Aren't you supposed to have deployed these already? Hmm? There's a war happening outside. Are they actually calibrated correctly? <laughs> well, we'll have to check, won't we? Step away from that, uh, Brian. And at this point, uh, Pung looks at Topachico rather than Hayseed. Get the black and yellow tape. We've got work to do. Uh, okay, so let me let me go through this. <laughs> so you're rolling some sort of deception here. Yeah. Um, Would, I, I'm from a family of... <laughs> <laughs> Is this deception or is this just overwhelming? So here, here's how it goes. So if it were, we start with 2d6, right? Now, <laughs> there's no way that the, in the elves' heads, that, that the red elf would be sending a salamar, a human, a goblin for inspection. <laughs> so that would bring you down to one for disadvantage. However, you are wearing the badge, which brings us back up to two re-establishing the advantage, and I think because you specifically stated the thing about the calibration overhearing them, I think it's going to go up to three, so hey. Brocambrian Pung, please roll 3d6 to see if you've been Fluster wise away. Work. Fluster and flutter. I got three ones, Chris. That's three <laughs> ones. <laughs> they don't Do you even... believe likelihood. <laughs> so what what I'm going to tell you to and I should have clarified the the, the nutcracker is about 20 feet tall. Um and I was the, wondering the the elves are on an upper catwalk kind of working on something on the upper compartment. They don't even acknowledge that you've begun talking. <laughs> they just close the compartment and the nutcracker lurches to life. Its empty eyes are now glowing red and green, one in each eye. Uh, one of the elves leans in and and says, Dritz protocol! And the nutcracker hums in response. The giant toy key in the back starts to slowly turn. And it goes, steps out of the bay and starts to stare down at you. Roll initiative. Is it dual wielding, slightly curved candy canes? I will tell you that it has um, a sword in one hand and a flintlock pistol in the other. 
Well, it is a nutcracker. You're all up for a citation. Cheese it. <laughs> uh, what's initiative, Chris? Is it 2d6? It is 2d6, except for Leslie, who gets 3d6. Ooh. And it's a very simple initiative. If you um, pass the check, you get to go before the enemy. If you don't, you go after the enemy. Uh, I fail, presumably because I'm too caught up in my spiel. Okay, so Tobo Chico passed. Yeah, I, I failed because I'm me. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I recently hit my head. Mm. There's okay, actually so a nice like indent across the forehead. <laughs> Tobo Chico uh, takes the moment to hide. Um, <laughs> so that is the he, correct response. He rolls and uh, he's like, Whoop, and you're like, hey, where'd he go? Um, he passes his little stealth check. He is currently hidden. You don't know where he is. So the Nutcracker, thumb, 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 turns and uh, sees the two of you. Uh, Brocambri and Pong, you are the loudest. And so it's going to shoot at you. That's raises bad. its large flintlock pistol and misses. Kaboom! It's a thundering sound uh and you realize this would be a very bad thing to get hit by uh it <laughs> crashes into the wall behind you making a large indentation into the ice wall one of the elves goes you idiot why did you set it to dritz protocol now we're gonna blow up the whole bay in here and the other one goes shut up i panicked um and uh they the two elf technicians are also in the initiative order here um <clears throat> they they try to throw wrenches at you. Ah. So one throws at Pung. That's if a miss. Your, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> the other one throws it at Laconic, and that is one hit, so you lose one hit point. Because it clobbers you, you. You're just you're just clearing your head of the pain from crashing it into the wall, and then thunk, just another one. <laughs> like, thunk, right there. Fortunately, it's a very small wrench. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. It's tiny little wrench. Think. All right, so your guys' turn now. Um, Leggett, I don't think it can fit through that door. That's a, is there a door we can go through to get deeper into things? Okay, so you look at the other end of the uh, the bay, essentially, right? Okay, so there is a gigantic door, presumably um, where the nutcrackers were loaded into. Are there any other smaller doors? service hatches or like perhaps built into the larger door perception please i fail one success okay uh laconic you see what is of note is that so if you were to number the the bays right so if there were three on your left three on your right and the first one on your left is where this nutcracker and the elves are attacking you from and if that one's number one the next one down number two there seems to be an awful lot of steam coming out of that something behind that nutcracker. It's the only one that's doing it. Um, so we have this is a two action system, yeah? Yes, uh, and you guys can have the perception for free, so. Okay. Um, so in our travels, since Laconic has nice long legs and is a sturdy, strong farm lad, I'm going to say that periodically. There have been times when Pung flagged because, you know, he's he is a, a creature of transitions and transitions are generally not always extended, sustained efforts. Sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. So periodically, I feel like there's some piggybacking happening. Yeah. So I would like to throw Pung up <laughs> and let him like salamander sticky to a wall 
Yeah. Uh, and then move toward the the steamy thing because I want to I want to give Pung a better place to be that's safer and that he can maybe do something creative from. Okay, so you want to throw him to the uh, against the wall tw- that's closer towards the steam. Well, it's it's twenty. The bay is like twenty foot tall. You said right. Well, uh, yeah, but it'd be, well, it'd be hot. It'd be taller than that since the. But I mean, I, basically, I want to get him up to a catwalk. Okay, yeah, no problem. Roll that sucker. Basketball specialty. I, I apologize for whatever is about to happen. Yeah. Got a success. Woo-hoo. And a two. All right. Woof. Up you go. Again, I think as you throw me, the uh, the robes unfurl to once again uh, appear to be a huge spread pair of, of uh, brown moth wings. So I'll give you I'll give you an option here. My assumption is that when you were sneaking, you were trying to sneak across on the opposite side of uh, where this mm-hmm. nutcracker is, right? Yeah. Okay. So do you want to go straight up to the catwalk above you or to the catwalk on the other side where the elves are? I would have thought that we'd be creeping under the catwalk because that would be harder to see. Okay, that makes sense. So you're going to go straight up right where the elf technicians are, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, straight Oop. There you are. Um, yeah. Can you roll me? Roll Just roll 2d6 and tell me what you get. Uh, a five and a one. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I did a little intimidation check for you. Like, whoosh, <laughs> flying salamander with moth wings, but both of them passed their fear <laughs> test. So um, nothing will happen. So I mean, it took are, us a long top. time to get there. There's probably been some some word amongst the workers that there's some weird salamander. So, Leslie, <laughs> you still have one action. Adam, you still have two. And I don't care if you want to, like, break it up. If you want to now, Adam, do something, and then, like, I don't care. It's better to me. Um, how far away from me is the animate nutcracker? Mm, not very. Probably five feet, ten feet, something like that. Pretty I want to leap on its head. Okay. You do that. And, um... Because they, they were tinkering around inside its head, weren't they? Because that's where the... the, the yeah, around there. Was. That's what you think you saw. Yeah. Yes. That's where the brains are? Yeah. Um, is that is there an openable panel? Um, are you technically minded? I've got sticky fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Roll 2d6, see if you can figure it out. <clears throat> uh, one on a four, so no. Well, you know there's one, but you don't know how to open it. Yeah. Um... Are there any, like, openings or seams or anything on its head where steam is coming out of? No, it's a clockwork-driven nutcracker. Okay. Then for my second action, I'm going to scamper down its back, kind of with my with my sticky gecko fake paws, to where this key is, and attempt to pull the key out. All right. Roll that. Ah, a five and a four. Okay. Describe how you're getting the... Are you jamming the key? Are you trying to kick it out? What are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to uh, scamper down then squat either side of it, uh, grip the key with my my fingers, and kind of using my sticky feet as, as leverage, and yank it out while going, in the gack! Okay. And just, yeah, pops the key out. And you manage to pull the key out, and the elves go, hey, stop that! Get off Shut. of that! Shut! All right, you got one action left, <laughs> Leslie. Um, I was heading toward the, the steaming bay of curiosity okay you find uh, a very large ventilation grate it's very large enough for you to go through if you wanted to okay um can i can i pull the grate off and summon my comrades sure you you pull the grate off you you, what do you yell to them i I just get over here okay um it's now topo chico's turn he 
pops out. So I did some rolls while you guys were doing other things. Um, he pops out from beneath the catwalk and just clobbers one of the elves in the head. Dunk, and it goes, dunk, falls over. So there's only one elf left. And just so if it wasn't clear, you have disabled the nutcracker. So it is no longer moving. Uh, the last elf turns around to try to hit Topo Chica with his toolbox uh, and hits him, bonk, right in the face. Oh. Topo Chica's like, ow! Okay, your turn. I, I can sort that out if you follow us, matey. We gotta get away from here, but Ipecac's grace will knit it together. Um, and then, because obviously uh, Laconic uh, has, has shown me the way out, um, Pung drops the key on the floor all the way down and then leaps off the back of this uh, clockwork nutcracker, gripping the edges of his moth wings and using that as a glide suit to glide down gently and land at the opening in front of Laconic. Okay, so are you both like disengaging from this battle, essentially? I think that's the plan, and, and hoping that Topo Chico can, can join us with his goblin nimbleness. I mean, Battle Brain says, knock out the other elf, but I, I don't think that's really how Laconic would think. Okay. So I'm doing something real quick here. Oh yeah, no, we hear the dice, bud. Yeah. We hear the dice. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Topo Chico doesn't seem to be willing to let go of of fighting this elf, and so he swings, whoosh, miss, swing, miss, miss, miss. They're like just going back and forth, and then he gets hit again. <laughs> is is there by any chance a ladder nearby that I could get up there? Yeah. I mean, you, right. you, could, you could try to convince him to come down if you want. Yeah, you don't have to finish the battle if you don't want to, but um, Topo Chico is not not letting go of this for some reason. Um, I would like to take the wrench that I was hit with and climb up the ladder and clonk the elf on the head. All right, go ahead and roll it. Six and a five. Yeah, clonk, that one's down. Mm. Um, but they're, they're not dead. They're just knocked out, right? Correct, yeah. Okay, good. Because um, I will... If, if I'm given the grace to do so, uh, set them more or less comfortably, but bound together. Yep, no problem. They cannot alert people. Can we go now? Come on, come on. I've <laughs> taken the key. Uh, uh, it is massive, but I'm going to drag it. <laughs> I'm just going to drag it away and out of here, mostly so that if they come back in, they, they're going to have to find another key to... Oh, to, to I feel like they probably have a stash, but you know. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I like, yeah, just, I like the thought. <laughs> It, purely out of uh, out of inconvenience and spite, as opposed to wanting to steal this gigantic key. No, I just want to get it away from them. Okay, so then uh, Topo Chico spends a minute to loot the bodies, <laughs> and then I, r- runs and runs down after you. Right, come over here a second. Um, and uh, once again, uh, Pung makes the sign of the moth and goes, "Ipecac the flutterer." The cocoon of this poor fellow has been split. Send your silk to repair it so he may continue to transform within the chrysalis of his soul into the moth of destiny he intends to be. Blood to blood, flesh to flesh, bone to bone, silk to silk. And I'm going to use my healing touch ability to attempt to heal Topo Chico. All right. Uh, that is a five and a six, so he heals two hit points. All right, um, he's back to full health. <laughs> and how that looks, though, is um, tiny 
astral caterpillars appear and spin silk like silkworm caterpillars and spin silk over the the wounds from where he's been hit by these wrenches uh which then kind of solidifies into uh, a bandage kind of over his face of this mystical silkworm silk i'll sort you out in a bit he says looking at laconic let's crack on i'm fine still not sure how i feel about your little healing buddies okay what's the problem um, they're Mothricals. It's blessings of the divine Ipecac. You won't be saying that next time you stub your toe getting out of a hot spa. <laughs> Get in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Laconic, I do want to mention real quick that when uh, Topo Chica was looting the bodies, you did see he took something out of them. So he did find something. You don't know what it is, but you did find something, just so you were aware. Okay. Um, okay, you go into the next area. <clears throat> As you walk down this corridor, you enter a vast cave that is surprisingly warm. The whole interior of the cave is still ice, but a thin sheet of magic covers the entire surface, insulating the ice from the heat. Ahead of you, you see a garden with trees, bushes, and rows of different plants. The smells are incredible. Whatever's being grown in here is fresh and vibrant. There's an extremely large bug at the other end that's patrolling through a row of plants. Its back is turned to you and it seems to be moving very slowly, clicking away. It reminds you kind of like a ladybug, but it's way too big. And it seems that if you continue to the end of this cave, you would find an exit further into the fortress. Uh, and I will say that the cave is loosely organized into sections for trees. So there's one for trees, one for bushes, one for herbs and root vegetables. And there's also one patch of herbs that's being grown in a separate area. I think uh, Pung's eyes widen at the sight of this glorious nature. Uh, and umlaut, his spectral moth, kind of shimmers into being and flutters around his head excitedly. Mm, I know, but we cannot be distracted by this bounty. There are things to pollinate here. Yeah, so much plants to pollinate. Focus. <laughs> his tongue whips out across one of his eyeballs again in the back of his mouth. Uh, Laconic puts one hand on top of, of, his, of Pung's head and just turns it to face the exit. Focus. Yes, yeah, sorry. It's a strange bug for here. That's going to do nothing for the soil. It's far too big. I feel it is not here to do stuff for the soil well, that's just foolish imagine instead of one gigantic guard ladybug you could instead have ten thousand tiny ones dest as dangerous in a swarm but in the meantime they're doing a good work in the garden <laughs> some people have no imagination right but, should we crack on shutters <laughs> uh, is, it a, is it a clockwork ladybug it is or not is it actually a creature it is an actual creature just a shame it isn't a moth that'd be well in there right let's crack on <laughs> And I, I think Pung uh, once again attempts to lead the way on a circuitous route around the outside of the garden, especially sticking sticking to where the plant growth is highest. Um, and while he's doing that, he's going to send Umlaut up uh, to um, plot the the path that this giant ladybug is walking on to see if he's if it's on like a. a is it is it a, a, on a patrol path or is it just mooching around kind of as whims dictate it okay um 
Okay, clarify this for me. Are you heading towards bushes, trees, or the separate herb area? Um, I think trees by preference, just because that's what Pung most likes. Okay. Un- unless Umlaut points out the separate herbs are particularly unusual. Well, um, I mean, there's all sorts of... You can either roll... There's more information for perception and more information with survival. If Ooh, you want I want to make a survival check before you do move forward. Okay. I'm a farmer. I like farm stuff. I come from a long family of dog regarders. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? If you want to observe the ladybug, yes, I we will should give regard you a, the ladybug. Yes, I will let, allow you to dog regard the ladybug. <laughs> um. Uh, I actually have survivalist, but it specifies that it's supposed to be for finding food and shelter. But can no, it's this fine. You can, you can, you can take it. Yeah, I, I intentionally put this in there so you could roll that. <laughs> I got a four, a five, and a six, Chris. So two successes on my ladybug regarding. Okay. <laughs> I rolled a one, a two, but also a six. Woo-hoo! I actually got something. Okay. Um. For the ladybug regarding, um, you in conjunction with Umlaut, because you did say Umlaut was going to go look up to try to figure out what the heck this this ladybug is doing. Um, For the ladybug, you notice it's moving deliberately, but extremely slow. Like, it's working on a row of plants. Like, it's not patrolling. It's too slow for patrolling. But it's not mindless either. It seems to be doing something with purpose. And Uma says, um, uh, Procambrian, the ladybug is wearing a straw hat. It's a gardening ladybug. Oh, imagine the trade secrets we could share. No! Focus, Pung, focus. <laughs> We're here to stop a war. <laughs> okay, um, so, Laconic, you are, what do you want to look at? Trees, bushes, or herbs? I, I kind of want to understand the layout of the garden okay sure so we'll say that like to the right if you're looking at this this tunnel right to the right side along the right side wall is like an orchard so it's very neatly organized trees and you can see that there are um two different types of fruit on these trees straight down the center are the bushels and you can see there are um uh, wait a minute hold on i forgot to look this up i'm not Double check. Okay. So um the the bushes also has a couple of root vegetables in it, and there are there seem to be um three types here. One is a bushel with something hanging off of it, one is a root vegetable, and one is a, a flower. And then the, the one off to the side is way on the left. It looks like very, very intentionally separated. You can tell that whoever planted it there made sure like there was distance for some reason. And that is an herb of some kind. And it's mint. I will, I will mint give you... takes over everything. <laughs> and I mean, can... that is a generous interpretation because that's not where my mind went. It's a busy job and, you know, we all have our different ways to relax afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about uh, some origins of some beverages that have maybe been referenced here. Exactly, yes. So if you if you want a direct one, I will tell you which one of those things. Like, give me either herb, herb patch, bushels, or um, plant like trees. I will tell you exactly what they are with your one success. 
Oh, let's be real. We're, we're, we're curious about the separated thing. We all are. Yeah. Are you working okay. with some very unstable herbs? So, um, I can tell you this, you, you can tell it's a magical herb of some kind, but from this distance, you can't quite make out what it is. You looks like you'd probably have to get a little closer. Do you want to get a little closer? Where is our gardener friend? Oh, the other end, like three quarters of the way down. It won't see you. Do we just find Topo Chico in the middle of the herb garden, just filling his pockets? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not shiny. You know That's actually not too bad of an idea. So what <laughs> what will happen is uh, as you're kind of like looking at it, like peering ahead, you're like, "What is that?" Topo Chico thinks that there must be something important because you are, you know, staring at it so importantly, and he runs for it. And before you can say anything, he he makes a leap like he's going to touch it, <laughs> and then. You enter a vast cave that is surprisingly warm. The whole interior of the cave is still ice, but a thin sheen of magic covers the surface, insulating the ice from the heat. Ahead, you see a garden with trees, bushes, and rows of different plants. The smells are incredible. Whatever's being grown in here is fresh and vibrant. An extremely large bug is patrolling through a row of plants at the other end of the cave. Its back is turned to you, and it seems to be moving very slowly, clicking away. It reminds you of a ladybug, but much too large. You are now standing back where you were at the very beginning of the entrance, and you realize this is time time. That's good. I hate time travel. <laughs> it's a shame we can't harvest some for a clutch moment. Well, you could, because since you, you use your survival check on that, you know that if you sever it from a distance, you can pick it up. Aha! From a distance, you say? And suddenly, <laughs> Punk's fingers appear, brandishing motherangs. Leave this to Papa Pung. And I'm going to gently uh but very precisely yeet a pair of mothering's chris and attempt to sever two of the time times from uh their stalks all right roll it and it's 3d6 for i am a proficient and a master at my mothering's all right awesome and then at the same time leslie would you roll me a general perception for me <clears throat> one success chris all right you you successfully sever the amount of time time you would like to have <laughs> one success unexpectedly one success for for that okay so very carefully you manage to gather up the time time without getting too close thankfully the motherings kind of pull the time time within like grasping distance so it doesn't uh you know trigger its little defense mechanism i turn and look at top can i have them back please and hold my hands out and i imagine he sheepishly turns my shiny motherings. thank you very much pop them back in my bandolier all right, so for the perception, um, I'll give you two things that you can investigate. There, one seems to be a uh, like a a weird, a weird table with some instruments on it, and there's also a sign. I swivel one of my eyes at the sign and one of my eyes at the table because I'm a gecko and they can move independently. Ah, nope, sorry, no, nope, this isn't good. It's very confusing. <laughs> Let me refocus. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> Leslie wants to read the sign. Laconic would probably look at the tools. I mean, you could do both. I'm just telling you. Okay, we're going to start with the with nosing at the tools. Okay. Um, you go up to the little station. At first, you think it's a potting station, but you realize very quickly it's not. It's a potion brewing station. It's got all the little flasks and beakers and whatever there. So. If you want to try to do something with these ingredients, feel free. Um, yeah, there you go. What have you found, Laconic? Pung says as quietly as he can. Uh, very nice workstation. 
Might I don't be? know how time time should be administered. I feel like not like a piece of wheat sticking in my mouth as much as I, I appreciate the mental image. Um, but I would like to go ahead and take two empty potion vials to put the time time in for safety. Okay, you do that. And then I give I give um Topachico one of the empty shiny vials because it's shiny. Ooh. Puts it into his robes. <laughs> is this some form of alchemical station? As hey. as he puts it into his robes, is there any chance I can see like anything of his collection? Yeah, roll perception. Hmm. Good call. Yeah. He's got that massive key. He's just wedged up there somewhere. <laughs> Five and yeah. six. Okay. Um, you see he's got several a lot of gold, you know, necklaces, um, bracelets, that sort of thing. He's got a, a purse that seems to be brimming. You do see there's a, a little scroll. And based on sort of the architecture and the, I guess, quote unquote, branding of this fortress so far, it was probably in the pocket of one of the elves. Um, it's on letterheaded paper. Yeah, and there there is there does seem to be one mothering still in there. You're not sure how that one got there. Bye, they can have it. Uh as we head over to look at the sign, I will ask Topachico, so uh did you read what you pulled out of their pockets? No, can't read. May I? Trade. What'd you like? Shiny. Hmm. It's a shiny thing that I would have. Shovel? Shovel is a family tradition. It is not going anywhere. Mm. However, uh, root around in the pockets, pull out a little, um, it looks like a, a silver coin, but it's been rubbed smooth just from being in a pocket for generations. Like It's kind of a good luck charm that I never really believed in, but it might be your thing. Ooh, he immediately snatches it out of your hand, puts the scroll in your hand. What does the sign say first? The sign says... Do not feed the elephants. Reminder, Fresca Sprite operates on Keebler protocol. I am now going to shake my head at whatever gibberish that is and read the note. The note is a very simple note. It says protocol list. Keebler, Dritz, Legolas, Dobby, Buddy. I'll put this in the chat for your reference. I'm missing one. Nope. Legolas. Fresca does not have a K in it, Leslie. What the heck? Pung is going to go and have a look at the alchemical station and see if there's any recipe books there. Hmm. No recipe books. This seems terribly poor health and safety. I mean, <laughs> people are going to be mixing all manner of things. Um, he pulls out his clipboard once again and writes up a citation and then sticks it on top of the desk with some of the black and yellow tape. That'll learn him. We're going to be like the sticky bandits. We're going to be like, well, we can follow their entire path through the factory. Come on. Yes. We should. Uh, if we go the far to the, the left of the cave, we should be able to get past without uh, attracting the eyes of the Garland Ladybird, who in more clement times, I imagine, would be uh, great to have a chat to. For we are both agricultural souls at heart are we not laconic and i fear the ladybug shares a similarity or at the very least looks very good in a straw hat <laughs> it is a mighty fine hat but we should be moving along yes it is all right um self please fail 
I'm getting mighty suspicious at my level of success. I got a five <laughs> and a six. <laughs> okay, well, Laconic, you are um good to go. However, um, Topo Chico also failed his stealth roll. And so um, what happens is you're you're making your way nicely, and then clearly Topo Chico is trying to steal more from Brooke and Bray and Fung. And uh, you guys get into a little tuffle. You know, and the ladybug goes and turns to look at you. Focus up, Topo Chico. There's plenty of time for that later. We're on a bit high. Aha! I think I might have a plan. Oh, <laughs> Turns to face the ladybird and, and shakes down his robes of office. Ibikak the flatterer. Although this is not a moth, it is a winged gardening bug. And so sits kind of close enough to your portfolio, I suppose. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how these things work. You're the god. But maybe if you could help me out here um, and allow me to maybe have a bit of a chat with this bug, we can talk about gardening advice and everything will be cracking and he makes the sign of the moth, and the pollen flits over his mouth. And Chris, I would like to try to cast a, a spell that would let me be able to speak to this ladybug. All right, roll it. Six and a five! Uh, yeah, so the, the chittering starts to like become sensical to you, just in the way that when you speak to moths, mm. it was... Now, I don't much care whether or not you come through my garden, but you did you just cut that time time? Uh, yes. Sorry about that. Did you cut my time time without replanting the seeds next to it in the seed bin? Oh, I thought that that had been done by my colleague here. I'll just go and get that. Uh, Laconic, where the time time was? Laconic here is also a farmer and gardener, you see. He's very, very good at this sort of thing. <laughs> uh, Laconic, where the time time was, would you mind just going to replant some from the uh, from the seeds in the seed bin next to it? And, and Punk kind of makes frantic eyebrow motions in that direction. Oh, I thought you were gonna do that. I, I, I'd asked Umlaut, but the problem with him being spectral, this is Umlaut, by the way, my little ghostly moth is, is uh, he's largely incorporeal, not quite great at picking up seeds. I thought maybe it'd work as magical, but clearly it's not. Uh, crackle, Laconic, there's a good fellow. Um, I have to say, you've done wonders with this place. It's it's truly a paradise. Oh, well, thank you, darling. It's it's really my my greatest accomplishment. I was very proud to be hired by the Red Elf to make sure I had all the fresh ingredients, and, well, he's been good, a good employer. Mm. And now, just the rule around here is, is if you take something from, from the ground, make sure you replant it. Of course, you can take all the levitation lemons and frost figs you want, and the hot bananas probably need to be uh, trimmed down a bit. So, so feel free. Fill your, fill your pockets with those. Just be careful with the infennel. Okay, and uh, and then again, like replant the infernal and the intensity irises if you take those. I think we'll probably just get some levitation lemons. They sound pretty handy. This is a uh, just quite. Tell me, uh, do you employ moths to help pollinate? They're much better than butterflies. Don't have as good PR, but they are much much better. I I can have a word with the boss. Um, you know, I, I'm a contractor, uh, and and see if I can get some moths here to help you pollinate. Oh, well, that'd be mighty nice of you. You know, next time you come through here, you let me know. But right now, I'm on a bit of a, a quota schedule. It is it is the winter solstice, after all. Yeah, it's a busy time of year for all of us. Can Thank I you. understand her as well? No. Him? No. It? What? No. Them? Well, you okay, did, so this what, is all just happening, and I'm just and like... Six, right? Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess you could have cast the spell on both of you. You got two successes. Why not? Uh, I will professionally and carefully plant the time time 
uh, carefully because I don't want to suffer ill effects of the planting and um, professionally because it's what I do or one of the things I do <laughs> uh, and then I will kind of do the, the the hat tip motion to the, the fellow gardener what are y'all working on now? Oh, we're just making sure that we get enough supplies for, for all the all the ingredients that, you know, we got to crank out a lot of sweets and treats in the next couple of weeks. Have y'all had some difficulty with supplies? Or is this no. just a seasonal rush? No, it's just a seasonal rush. You know, and them, them elves ain't the best at, you know, efficiency. They're always going too quickly. They, they don't know how to put the love in the cooking. So they're always spilling things and wasting things. So I always got to make sure I got an extra abundance, you know? Well, that's where we're heading next. We're on a health, food hygiene, health and safety tour of the factory, you see. And I have to say, this is the only place it's going to be getting a glowing write-up. Those elves are shoddy. <laughs> there have been complaints. Mm. Well, good luck with, with whatever you're doing and, and make sure just replant if you take anything. Surely will. Thank you for your time. Are um, we going to trim up some lemon trees before we walk out the door? Oh, yes, we are. All right, so how many levitation lemons are you taking? Um, trying to be realistic and not just loading up on a whole ton of them. Like, I think at least one each. Okay. I reckon. What were the other things listed? Frost figs, hot bananas, infennel, and intensity iris. Uh, no, just uh, specifically the things that needed trimmed. Because, you know. Oh, the frost- hot bananas she, she had mentioned. Yeah, some of those. I was about to say, I, I will happily trim up some stuff just, again, professionally and nosily. You can't be part of a community without having to know stuff. Mm. So, you know. Uh, Laconic, again, will tip the metaphorical hat, gather our little Topachico, and make our way to the door. Okay. And so just to clarify, we, you all have levitation lemons and hot banieros? Mm. Yes. Okay. That's it? You didn't take anything else? Well, in time time, but... In time time. Um, uh, things that we need to replant would take too much time, I feel. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. When you reach the end of the... Oh, I forgot to tell you. The name of it is the Ingredient House. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the Ingredient House, uh, you descend down a long, winding tunnel. With every step, the warmth of the Ingredient House vanishes, and the temperature plummets to even colder than it was when you arrived. Punk size. <sighs> licks his eyeballs takes another swig of the um, the, the cold resistance potion you hear a whirring grinding sound getting louder and louder at your approach I don't know about you but I am worried about that grinding sound I immediately whip out my, uh, my clipboard and start getting ready to write a citation when you reach the threshold, though, the grinding sound starts to slow. And you peer in and see that there are two massive arrays of blades that are slowing down in this room. I mean, I'm talking full-size blades the size of most of the room, probably 15 feet tall. Um, this is where that red elf makes his shaved ice. There's a massive pile of that shaved ice in the center, and along the sides are several large freezer doors where you can see shelves and shelves of frozen treats and ingredients are being held um, in, you know, storage. On one end of the room is a chute 
that opens up to the outside where the snow and ice is being sent in for processing. On the other end is a large door, the only way to proceed deeper into the facility. And this is made, made again, like a massive forged steel. Above you is a catwalk that runs the length of the entire room. In the center of the catwalk is a large platform, which seems to be the control center. Several elves are up there arguing about something as they hastily work on the controls. Well, we might be able to get out through that chute once we've got the formula, but we best crack on. I think this room might just be a... Hmm. How do we get through this door, though? Yeah. I'm assuming there's not a doorknob. No. Perception? Not yeah. much else we can do just yet. I'm going to send Umlaut to, to scout around as well. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, that... I'm busy being taken up by those um, blades that are literally more than twice my height. I, I got a one on a five. Uh, so I imagine... Roll one more d6 for, for Umlaut. Okay. Uh, that's a four, so just one success. Okay. Uh, Umlaut floats up beneath the catwalk, I imagine, like right beneath it, and then you see uh, he hears, he tells you, um, they're talking about they need to get the doors open, and it seems that this is how the doors are controlled, up here on this control booth. But you say that they're trying to open the doors themselves. That's what they're saying. I don't understand it, really. I'm Moth. <laughs> Very clever, Moth. Avatar. Um, uh, okay, uh, so Laconic, uh, Top Chico. Up there is the controls of the door. It sounds like the elves are wanting to open the door themselves. So do we wait for them to do it? Or do we assist them? <laughs> and he blinks when I intern. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm processing a lot right now with mm, my compatriot. <laughs> Where's the little one? The other little one? Topo Chico? Yeah. Uh, actually, I just rolled. Uh, you don't know where he is. <laughs> Dang it. I was I was keeping an eye on him, and that's why I failed my perception check, and then I turned I turned it over to... to uh, oh my I mean, gosh, I roll? almost called you Ipecac. I turned over to Pung, <laughs> and then I look back, and I'm like, he's gone. You can roll another perception if you want to look for him. Well, I don't think we're going to be able to get through without them seeing if that is part of their focus. Do you want to try and bluster again? I mean, I'd rather do that than unleash unspeakable violence. It's not really what I do. You want to lift? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Get into position. (laughs) Let's see how well this goes. Orlay. (laughs) Smash me to the bottom of the... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to be very careful because there's giant blades, okay. and you're used to me just kind of hoying you up. And you're like, where, "Where's the, where's the?" A- Adam, roll me one d6 to see for a reaction <laughs> save here. That's a one. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, you get thrown, um, and you land very unceremoniously onto the platform in the center of everything with just thunk. Like, face down, you take one point of damage for this. Yep. Sorry. Uh, the elves turn and go, ah, intruders! Um, one <laughs> reaches over and smashes a glass case that says, you know, break in case of emergency. Inside the case is a um, top hat. He takes the top hat and throws it down onto uh, the center in the pile of, of the shaved ice. And there must have been some magic in those emergency hats they store. <laughs> for when they place it on the snow, it forms a <laughs> snowman ready for war. <laughs> and 
a battle snowman appears beneath the top hat. Roll initiative. Aw, heck. I got a success. Okay. <laughs> Leslie, you have advantage. <laughs> How do you One, think these? two, three. <laughs> okay, so Topo Chico and, um, and uh, Pung get to go first. Uh, Topo Chico does something, but you don't know where he is, so stuff's happening. Is there a clearly marked open door button on here? Um, no. You'll probably have to interrogate one of the elves in order to get what you need. Okay. <laughs> I, I think the punk kind of unceremoniously picks himself up off the floor, dusts his robes down, kind of re and, and kind of gets some composure and goes, Ahem. Yeah! And flings <laughs> his arms up, and his, his mothwing cloak flares up, and he goes, "Open the doors, you little buggers, or I'm gonna have you!" All right, roll. And like from the floor, you hear, "What intimate. happened to health and safety?" <laughs> and if you look over, you'll see that you've got Laconicus standing there with the the shovel held at arms, like ready for battle. <laughs> But he still has, you know, Brian A or whatever. All right, roll, roll some sort of intimidation, please. Can I have advantage on this? Because the last thing they expect is a giant enraged moth priest. Um, no, this is roll reg. Just roll three. Six. Your 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 advantage was damaged when um you landed on the platform. Like a dead body. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Um, that is a five and a six, though, Chris. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, there I would say, I'm going to say there were five elves up there. Two of them run away immediately. Um, and one, the one that you're kind of closest to, with cowering, goes, I can't, the lever stuck, the lever stuck. Which lever? You look, you see there's only one lever. It's a big lever with a big red handle. And does seem to be stuck. There's little you know, sparks coming out of it. That is a citation! And I tap my badge. <laughs> you still have one more action if you'd like. Um, I'm going to uh, try to yank the lever, I think, for the moment. All right. Strength check that sucker. Nah, that's a fail. All right. Yeah, it's really stuck. Okay. It is the... Um, Elves turn. So the one that you intimidated is uh, going to try to roll a save to see if he stops cowering um, and does so and uh, is going to try to kick you in the shin and it hits you in the shin. Kick <laughs> for one damage. <laughs> I mean, they do have pointy shoes. Yeah. Uh, to either side of you, the um, elves that are still there reach into another compartment and pull out dark goggles and what seems to be a flamethrower and they both shoot a fireball at you so one hits and the other one misses so you get hit with a fireball ah. is it a magic fireball oh it, it is indeed not a magic fireball um for how much damage would that normally do uh one and i think as the the fireball washes over me you can see the bruises suddenly start to heal and my scales start to glow um, from instead of being like, like a charcoal grey to that, that 
reddish black you get of a of a coal that's still got some spark in it at the base of the Ooh. fire. And Pung goes, <laughs> Party time, you little scampers! <laughs> okay. Uh, and then down below, the Frosty is going to start throwing snowballs. The Frosty. Uh, and hits you for one damage. They, you know, you know those snowballs that have got too much ice in it? Yeah, that's mm. that's what's going on. Just yeah, I have an older brother, and I've lived in cold climates for a while. I'm familiar. <laughs> okay, and that's all the enemy turn, so it is now Laconic's turn. I am going to try to scythe my shovel through the top half of the snowman's head to try to dislodge the top hat off of the snowman's head. Ooh, interesting. Okay, roll it. Swing, bada, 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 bada. <laughs> we got one, two, three. Maybe I can get at least a four and a five. <laughs> four, five. Hey! Hey, there you go. And it does two damage, right? Yes. So, woof. Your attempt, you know, the dehatification move um, works. The hat tumbles off of the snowman. Of course, it just lands on more snow and reforms the snowman. Uh, but <laughs> it is damaged. It's like... It's like you, you nick the, the hat itself, and so the hat like is, is has a tear in it. So it's not at full strength, but, um, you know, the, the insta-kill did not seem to work. Uh, Topo Chico, meanwhile, does something unsuccessfully. Uh, he tries to sneak attack one of the flaming elves, the flamies, and uh, just goes... Ooh, it gets distracted by the shiny um, copper backpack that's holding the fuel for the flamethrower. <laughs> it is now standing behind the other one. Um, Pung, your turn. Um, so the elf that kicked Pung in the shin, mm -hmm. uh, Pung is going to attempt to pick it up and throw it into the snowman. Just kind of, Soft landing! Yeah! <laughs> um, All right, roll uh, it. Okay, no, 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 not quite. I'm going to do one thing first, my first action. I'm going to quickly whip the scarf off that um, Laconic gave me and quickly pat out the, the cinders. Whip it around one end around the ankle of this elf, quickly tie the other end around the lever, and then throw him off, hoping that his weight will pull the lever down. Ooh, nice. All right. I like um, it. Roll, with a little... roll to see if you can do it. Let's do that first. Two sixes. Boxcar, baby. Okay. Um, so you, yeah, you are able to do that. Ah! Hanging over, a la Spider-Man and Batman. Um, and the lever inches a little bit, but not quite all the way. But it is a lot further along. Um, and I think I'm going to using the elf's weight as a counterweight. Is that both my actions then to do that? I'm happy if that is. Um. Yeah, I think so. That's kind of yeah, things. yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, the flamies have not caught on to the fact that you are being healed by the fire, so they just keep shooting. Uh, that's one more. And one more. So they both hit you. <laughs> you just keep glowing brighter and brighter. And I'm going to roll now to see if they figure it out. Nope. And <laughs> yeah, so one of them figures it out. The other one is like still going. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> And I will be adding the Mario um, fireball sound effect in the background. So. <laughs> cool. Blip, 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 blip. <laughs> um, Laconic, your turn. Uh, again, again. I do not want to be snowmanned. Uh, at this point, 
Laconic goes to swing the the double-handed shovel of reckoning, uh, but misjudges and slips on some of the slightly melted snow since there's things that are overheating in here now. And the shovel goes flat on edge through the head of the snowman, doing absolutely no damage. Uh, <laughs> oh, shoot, I forgot to have a snowman attack. That's okay. I'll have well, a that for, is for unsettling. And, I'll, and he starts going, Mon bonhomme de neige, il est très content et gros. And he, he misses low, so it does, it does nothing. That's the, that's the French version I learned in French 1. Well, that is even more unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, back to Topo Chico. He's going to try to steal the flamethrower off of this guy's back and uh, does so. <laughs> that is the one that has understood that you, you are no longer going to heal. He goes, Rip, and he takes the fuel pack off. He's like, hey, you're Burn turn. the snowman. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess he does have one more action. <laughs> Turns and uh, no, miss. <laughs> does not understand how this thing works. Just starts shooting it in the air. Blip, blip, blip. Okay, Pong, your turn. Um, I'm going to uh, attempt to continue yanking the lever down. All right, roll a strength check. But with advantage, because you've already sticky. got it most of, the way, most of the way down. We have four sticky appendages. You can do this. Yeah, two sixes and a one. The elves immediately like run in a panic, like towards some some direction, mm. and uh, it goes initiating transference of shaved ice, and the bottom floor goes and starts to dump all of the shaved ice into a opening that has appeared below, and um, the conic starts to slide along with this shaved ice into this chamber. Wrong door. <laughs> Um, Tobo Chico and seeing, I grab the scarf. Well, Tobo and, Chico seeing that you're going down, just decides that oh, that's must must be the way we're going, and he hops <laughs> off whoop, and starts sliding into the hole. Uh, oh, 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 oh. I think there's uh, a okay. moment where where kind of Pung leans over the catwalk and meets Laconic's eyes, and they both just shrug. <laughs> We've got a flamethrower now. Very tired. Nobody trusts each other. <laughs> Sorry. So do, do you guys jump into the thing? I, I I think probably just because of Topo Chico. You know, I'd feel bad if. Well, hold on. Mm. I let me let me roll to see if I can nab him as he goes mm. past. Good call. Nope. <laughs> he goes wee. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the the nab to the side. Woof. Dang it. Um. What I will do is, I, I'm, I'm picturing that I am currently holding onto the scarf with the elf still hanging next to me. No, 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 let go, let go, let go. Uh, and I, I will look up at Pung. You keep staying up there, see what you can find. And I let go and go with the, the goblin. Okay, you let go. Um, there's a, there's you, an you... immense springing sound as the elf is launched back up onto the platform. Yeah, what? <laughs> Um, and so all the all the ice has now been um, shoveled down, but it still seems to be in this position. Hmm. Your assumption is that you'd have to push the lever back up in order to close yeah. it. I send umlaut down. What's okay. down there, my friend? Okay, so um, this is what umlaut reports back to you, and then this is what Laconic is experiencing. 
Uh, you come down crashing in a shower of snow caught by some sort of filter grate as all the snow and, and ice is rushing past you. Uh, the grate kind of has a mechanism and, and you catch that there's a, like a plate with an engraving on it and it says elf collector. <laughs> and it goes thunk and it throws you out of the processing part and onto the floor. So obviously some sort of safety mechanism in there intended to catch people that accidentally get thrown into the shave ice processor. Well, look at that. They do have safety measures. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the shaved ice is processed into a bunch of pipes, which is feeding into a massive machine. Is there a door we can leave through? Well, I'm waiting to see what Pung's going to do now that he has that yeah, information. I think having seen that, um, Pung kind of takes the, um, the the scarf off the elf's leg, puts it back around and goes, you have a nice day, uh, and leaps off the side of the catwalk <laughs> and, and moth glides down to join. <laughs> Look at and Topo Chico. All right, so uh, you, you go down into the, the area. You are now in this new room. In front of you is a column of machinery, the likes of which you have never seen before. Uh, there are more gears and cogs in here than there are in entire nations. Steam valves release, pneumatic pistons pump, and all around you, the pipes and tubs roil and bubble with dozens of multicolored liquids. The whole thing is operating at an intensity that doesn't seem right to you, as if the machine itself has been worked into a frenzy. There are no operators here. In front of you is a massive brass plaque inscribed with the word BrewBot on it. There are, there are no controls, only a large speaking horn attached at what would be at head level for an elf. With whirls and clicks, a dozen mechanical arms descend from the ceiling and release themselves from the wall. A disembodied voice calls out. Ten seconds until protocol is initiated. Last chance to enter protocol. Ooh. Um, well, we know that Driz protocol is a bad protocol. I, I don't know enough about the Kiva elves. I'm aware they exist, but I'm not culturally concerned about them. Um, Dobby's probably bad. Buddy? Leslie, this is the choice you were born to make. <laughs> to choose between Will Ferrell, J.R.R. Tolkien, mm -hmm. and uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. I and, mean. And, and also breakfast cereals. Keebler elves are breakfast cereals, right? Keebler elves are cookies, cookies. babe. Cookies. They make cookies. It's okay. We don't have them. It's, I was going to say you're not missing out, but every once in a while, uh, uh, an EL fudge is just very satisfying. <laughs> I haven't. I, I have not had a Keebler cookie in twenty years. That's probably for the best. <laughs> Technically, um, thinking over the list, I will say, buddy, because that sounds supportive. <laughs> so you go over to the speaking horn and you say, buddy. Protocol, buddy. Buddy, protocol accepted. And uh, it seems to get worse. And the machine starts moving even a more frantic pace at a more frantic speed. Um, a couple of details. Firstly, um, Tobogico seems to be wearing the flamethrower now, as well as the top hat. <laughs> Pung nods at his sartorial choices. <laughs> Very nice. Um, Very and uh, roll initiative. One success. Oh, laconic. One, three, four. <laughs> okay, and Tobo Chico also failed. So, uh, Pung, you're first. What do you do? I look for an off button. Uh, there, yeah, there's definitely no controls in here. Mm. Just the horn. Is there another door? No door. 
Uh, protocol, open the door. <laughs> protocol, not recognized. Define protocol, buddy. Error. Protocol definition matrix corrupted. Ooh. Uh, redo from start. <laughs> protocol not recognized. You get one more. <laughs> In this turn. Abort all protocols? Error. Protocol abort not recognized. Well, that's me out of luck. <laughs> Pug just kind of looks and shrugs. Laconic's <laughs> impressed. No clue what's going on, but impressed. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Okie dokie. Um, uh, Adam, one, two, or three? One. Leslie, two or three? Three. Okay. Uh, okay. So, the brew bot. Firstly, one of the arms comes down and blasts a spray nozzle of liquid right into Pung. Uh, please roll a strength check to see if you are not prone. Uh, succeed. Succeeded. Okay, so you are still standing. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Okay. I'm all gooey! Um, but this seems to be some kind of magic potion, and um, you have been inflicted with silence. You cannot talk or cast spells for the next turn. Wow, <laughs> oh, I've never been so glad to cast silence on a character before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you invited me knowing full well what you were getting into. Okay, another check here. Um, you said three, right, Leslie? Yes. Okay. Um, one of the other hands is going to throw a bottle at you, and it hits you Dang for it. one damage. Dunk. For Topo Chico, it is going to try to grab it, and Topo Chico dodges out of the way. And then all of a sudden, four little Christmas ornaments drop from like a little um, hole on the side of the thing. Dunk, 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 dunk and these Christmas ornaments pop out little feet and seem to be walking. There's four of them, so two are heading towards Pung, two are heading towards Laconic, and one is heading towards um, Topo Chico. Laconic, I mean, I was turn. expecting tiny Christmassy Droideka, so that could have been worse. All right, <laughs> your turn, Laconic. I'm going to shout Protocol Dobby and then swing my shovel at the ornaments. All right, the hippie ornaments first. Five and six, okay. Woo. All right, you whack both ornaments away. They shatter. So you say Dobby protocol? Yeah. Dobby protocol accepted. Engaging subservience mode. And the whole thing goes. And the arms retract. The brewing starts to slow almost to nothing. Um, all that's left really are the little ornament fiends that are still mindlessly marching towards uh, Pung and uh, Toboshiko. Pung gives a silent round of applause, kind of nods. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say you guys just stomp on the ornament fiends uh, <laughs> with nothing else to kind of like occupy your time, which is too bad because what they do is they dance around for a turn and then they explode. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> And then the, the silence passes for you, uh, Pong. Well, uh, well, well played, the laconic. Yes, very, very well done. Um, what, what, what now? I'm gonna slap one of the, the ornaments out of, out of Tapachiko's hands. Oh, bad a shiny. A shiny. Suddenly, there's a shuddering in the brewbot room. 
and a shadow darkens the both of you. A grand silhouette falls from above, drawing your full attention. He's dressed in chainmail, a dangerous old cur, his boots tarnished with bloodied karu fur. A quiver of arrows is flung on his back and he looks like a ranger, prepared to attack. His eyes how they narrow, his snarl unrelenting, his teeth grinding so hard, solid steel they could be denting. His biceps are flexed, his fists hard as stone, clutching a candy cane that's made out of bone? His massive physique is not the only thing to fear, as tendrils of magic begin to appear. He's a lord of this realm, nearly a god, and he's not going to put up with any old sod. So you best be ready, lively and quick, for here is the red elf, the one himself, Saint Nick. And he bellows, Ho, ho, no! Hi there! I'm uh, here from the uh, firm of Brian, Brian and Brian Health and Safety and Food, <laughs> Food Standards Agency here on an independent consultation. And I'm afraid to say we've come across some serious violations. And I brandish my clipboard and tap my badge. I mean, it's got to be worth a punt, right? <laughs> I mean, we do have citations noted. You know, I know when you are sleeping and I know when you're awake and I know when you're telling a fib, Rocambrian bung. One of those is not like the other. <laughs> Can you tell me why you have infiltrated my fortress? Well, first of all, because we couldn't get hold of you any other way. I mean, we've tried and your manager here was trying to be quite helpful, but really... If you're running a multi-global business, you probably want to have some form of pager or perhaps a, you know, a magical long-distance communication or because quite honestly, it could have saved an awful lot of bad luck. Now, uh, I'm going to step aside the fact you're a bear racist because quite honestly, I don't really like the... I, I think they've been somewhat precipitate and quite aggressive out there anyway. But um, we're here, hello, to uh, negotiate... Um, a, a, a mediate a cessation in a breach of contract between yourselves and them lot out there. Although I now appreciate that the situation before we came here was quite different to this unabated act of hostility and aggression they're now putting on you. So um, that's where we are. You want to just tell us why you stopped? He I looks mean, confused. Is this about the Kokak Ola? Hmm. I mean, for the children. We're here for the children. Don't yes to me of children, high priest. My entire existence is defined by their happiness. Hence my confusion. Well, as I say, we were hoping to try and negotiate this uh, uh, more amicably, uh, but unfortunately the situations have, have kind of gotten away from, I think, all parties present. Um. <laughs> yes. Let the quasi-deity speak, please. Ipecac? Technically, he always is. <laughs> I, I, pinch, I pinch his mouth shut. <laughs> Just reach over and goop. Sir, you were saying? The Karu and I have had an agreement for many, many generations. Every solstice, I give them the Coca-Cola. But they've gotten a bit uh, addicted to it. In a kind yeah. of aggress aggressive, you know, um, started demanding it a little earlier than they wanted. Diet Coca-Cola, cherry Coca-Cola, it, it, new Coca-Cola. Oh, who wants new? Lemon, lime, it, it, it just, it was 
out of hand, to be honest. Something that used to be a simple celebration turned into uh, an obsession, at least from my point of view. And so I talked to the elders of the Karu to see if they could tone it back a bit. You know, just chill out. But then they got very aggressive about it. They said they were going to go to war. They were going to slaughter my forests and smash my elves. I couldn't have any of that, and so they all got on the naughty list this year. And I took away their Coca-Cola. Now, I don't know what mumbery-jumbery they sold you about it providing magic. And he uh, snaps his fingers. The brew bot quickly latches a bottle onto an envelope, fills it up, and uh, does this twice, well, three times, hands each of you a bottle. It's just a sweet drink. Here, drink some. Drink some. Laconic will drink it, holding it so that the label is clearly visible. (laughs) (laughs) Even though it looks slightly unnatural. Pung uh, goes to drink it and then kind of looks up at Laconic, who's still holding his mouth closed, raises an eyebrow. Fine. (laughs) Laconic's Laconic's thinking about you on sugar. (laughs) Fine. Uh, Topo Chico has dumped the bottle and is just looking at the bottle. (laughs) He's just like... Hmm. It's a bit much for me, but I can see the appeal. Yeah, so, perfectly pleasant. So you see, I do not understand why I, why you would be here to help them. We were here to mediate, and we were unable to do so. Well, it's a busy time of year. I can't be expected to just drop everything and come talk to a couple of weirdos about... A sugary beverage. That, that is a terrible thing to say about my compatriots, I'll have you know. They have <laughs> highly regarded credentials. <clears throat> Look, even when such a conversation would stop a potential of a war and all the bloodshed and the... Have you seen what they've done to the forests out there? Ugh. I mean, yeah. that's the point. On any other... I understand that you're an extremely busy man and any other day we, we, wouldn't, we would try to have made an appointment with your secretary. But unfortunately, they were geared up and ready to go, and we we were trying to stop this happening. And it really has gotten a little bit away from us. I understand why they're all on the naughty list, I have to say. And he, he shakes his head sadly. Yes, and indeed, the forest, the deforestation is not contributing to them getting back on the nice list, is it? Nope. No, it is not. I mean, so you see my predicament... In any case, I allow you this one chance to depart. Thank you. Have you considered, just a thought, now obviously they're, they're, they're asking for 12 million different varieties because they're greedy. Have you considered, however, maybe a sugar-free variant in which they can still have all the pleasure, but with uh, less of the uh, dangerous side effects and the occasional losing of foot to diabetes? Mm, go on. Well, I mean, that... <laughs> It's a version of the Coca-Cola, except it doesn't have sugar. Now, there are plenty of alternatives to, to the sugar in it, which is presumably causing some of the problem, and only some of them give you cancer, so you probably want to avoid those ones. But oh, I'm right. sure there's a natural, maybe from beetroot or something like that, um, a, a less uh, potent sugar, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not a brewmaster. I'm a gecko. Well, I... To control magic, I could make something taste sweet without sugar. Hmm. And, and what I would recommend, if you manage that, is uh, rather than giving it to them, which creates this sense of entitlement that has spiraled out of 
charge the buggers, especially considering that they, you know, they've gone to war against you. I mean, there's got to be some comeuppance for that. Mm, as far indeed. as I'm concerned, all the adults out there get nothing. They get sweet Jack, but it's for the children. They deserve mm-hmm. magic. Perhaps. Perhaps the children could get the sweet drink and the adults could repair the forest. Mm. That seems fair. Make them earn it. Mm. It would be, or I could send them as use as workers in the coal mines. Mm. I mean, either way, I'm not here to dictate your business practices. That was all a ruse. Very cunning one, to be sure. <laughs> well, I, I support- am cunning. And you're to- oh no, the other way around. You're the cunning one. Huh, I maybe support I'm Fung's proposition of making it a saleable item because then they can earn their own pride and pleasure by working hard. Sending them to the coal mines might provoke another less unwarranted point of contention. Hmm. Mm, I do see your point. And you seem to be gentlemen of honor. Why, thank you. We're holy. And my gardener spoke highly of you. Your gardener's amazing. That, what, what they've managed to create down there. Oh, you should be very, very proud of that. Beautiful garden. I'm, I'm going to enter some correspondence and send some moths down to help with the pollination. Can't go wrong with moths. Mm. Vital to the ecosystem. Very well. I shall accept your proposal. I shall... Begin peace talks with the Karu immediately and make this saleable item. As for you, you shall be rewarded for your daring do. Then he waves his hand and three more presents appear. Now, once you've opened them, just leave the paper on the floor. It will magically dissipate and, uh... Ah! It's not the solstice yet. We're not allowed to open them until then. It ruins the surprise. Ah! Very good, broke Cambrian Pung. And away! And he... (laughs) Out the top the way he came in. And a door opens nearby, allowing you to depart. Good, I was worried. (laughs) I I was wondering about this circumstance myself, yes. So the three of you leave. Uh, Topo Chico, of course, immediately opens his present and it does have a lump of coal in it it says stop stealing things on the tag (laughs) Um, (laughs) he shrugs puts it in his pocket anyway that's a useful thing Pung stashes his present within somewhere in his robes he turns to both of you gives you both a firm handshake and then just sort of runs off (laughs) does does he Naruto run um no I, I think he's too See, in my head, he looks kind of like a, a um, ah, uh, what is that thing from Final Fantasy? The Tonberry. Mm, oh, yeah. <gasps> you should have started there. <laughs> it's like a Tonberry. So just, just sort of flapping his like way through yeah, his Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Clumsily. You kind of look back upon the fortress and you see the siege engines of all, um, mysteriously vanished under some power of magic um the wounded have been healed the damage undone except for that done to the forest um and you see the red elf standing out there with his contingency speaking with the the leader and it seems that he's going to follow through with what he has stated um leaving you two sort of at the edge with your you know role in this adventure concluded what what you would you like to do 
He still got the flamethrower. <laughs> I don't think he knows how to use it. I'm not sure that's any better, I'll be honest with you. Probably um, not. But I would surely like to go to an inn and have a nice hot bath. Oh, yes. And sleep. Yes, and then we shall see where our respective deities take us tomorrow. For every day is a new adventure. Every horizon, a new sight to see. Every night, a chance to cocoon ourselves in sleep. The chrysalis of dreams. And awaken tomorrow, perhaps. Perhaps. The beautiful moth we are destined to be. And as this speech is going on, Laconic has walked away because he knows <laughs> it by heart. <laughs> and as the two, the two of you are walking away towards the, you know, back towards civilization, back towards where you can get some rest, um, a very large moth flies by and drops something, a bundle from the air. Rocambrian Pung immediately grasps it, opens the rag to reveal a brightly colored egg. The end. Dun, dun, dun. I, I was going to do the Star Wars music, but it feels out of place. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, season. to the con- conclusion of the Silhouette Zero Christmas special. I am your host and GM, Chris Ng, and with me we have Adam Beltane. Hello, I'm Adam Beltane from uh, Force Majeure podcast and various other places. And we have we, we brought Leslie back. It's me, Leslie. I'm here. So, um, I asked the question. Did Adam do anything that surprised you? (laughs) There was a moment where I was like, do I toss out everything I've written and let Adam have his way? (laughs) Always a dangerous prospect, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. The the only reason I did this, I've spent three days writing all this. I was like... (laughs) Three whole days. I'm like, you know, normally I'm game, but I think today I have to railroad a little bit. I, yeah, you know what? All these Bothering puns. Santa at Christmas time. Fair enough. I had all these puns. I rewrote the night before Christmas. I think lyrics for Frosty the Snowman. I'm like, if none of this gets used, I'll be furious. <laughs> Ultimately decided I had to. I had to shove you back along but other than that you know i joined in on puns i didn't actually get to say brian a and brian w but i was thinking it oh that would have been that that was a good one i caught i caught the what was it the uh the, the shasta <laughs> um uh, uh let's see if 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 you're playing along at home you should be looking for sprite shasta seven up squirt barks mug crush and cheerwine so yeah, I also you didn't get to this one, but um, well, I guess it did because Fresca Sprite is the name of the the ladybug. So it says oh, okay. Fresca was... Sprite o- operates on Keebler protocol. So each of the protocols is a, is an elf, right? A famous elf. So yeah, Keeb- we got that. Keebler protocol is like production, production mode. Like okay. you know, you're, you're building something. Like the Keebler elves make their cookies. Uh, Dritz protocol is hunter killer mode, like the most aggressive mode there is uh legolas is defensive mode and my bad i was supposed to have them say legolas protocol when they activated the snowman it's mm-hmm. like defense mode um as you figured out dobby is the like receive command subservience mode and then uh buddy is buddy is manic 
chaos. Yeah, absolute chaos. And so for the brew bot, there there would it would operate depending differently depending on the protocols. Obviously, the Keebler protocol was corrupted, so that wouldn't have worked. But the Legolas protocol, if you had done Legolas, it would have had two actions. The Dritz protocol, it had three actions. But you picked Buddy, oh. so it had four actions per turn. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then the the spray. Why do they even have that protocol? The spray for Buddy protocol has... So for Dritz protocol, the spray has damage, right? So it had like four, four different... It had slow, poison, blind, and silence. The, bro the buddy protocol had the same, but it also had two good ones. So it had haste, slow, heal, poison, blind, and silence for the utter chaos. So I think that's all the stuff that you need the, the curtain peeled back on. Um, I was trying to figure out how to hit, uh, get Fanta or Fanta and uh, Ramune in there. Oh, uh, well, there were right. a couple other brands. So I was trying to be subtle, but Ayataka and uh, Irohasu are both... Um, Japanese drinks that are owned by Coca-Cola. <laughs> and nice. then of course uh Commander Dasani, which is their their water. Yeah, Dasani was was up there. <laughs> and and Topo Chico is also a, a Coca-Cola product. It sounds familiar, but I couldn't place it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean it sounds very I, I don't know. I can't remember what it is. I'll look it up. Yeah, we don't get many of those over here. Or at least not that I recognize. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's a it's I'm a, sorry, I should have thrown in an Iron Brew reference. Mm, yes. Made from Scotland with girders. Not from girders, really. I like a bit of Iron Brew. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you guys. for. No worries, that was great. Thank you for having me. Enduring, yeah. enduring this this uh, month's puns and naming mm. convention. I mean, you've got the right audience. Yes. <laughs> uh, anything you want to... Let's probably go out around the week of christmas so anything you want to promote or talk about uh i do if i can be cheeky so um as listeners of force majeure may know we've been on a bit of a hiatus because of real life uh, we are coming back from that on the 15th of january which is our sixth anniversary of the show as well and mm. we're coming back yeah with a five-part uh rebel alliance adventure and then a three-part mecha hack game which is a lot of fun oh, I, love I, I love mecha yeah, it's great. It's so good. So good. Yeah. So um, that's 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 my announcement. I'm very happy about that. Uh, I didn't like being on hiatus. It's rubbish. <laughs> we're coming back. And also, like, I'm glad that my knee is healed up enough that I can now sit down and edit and do stuff again. Like, that's that's a side issue. Yeah. Because um, we are all in the club of bad knees, really, aren't we? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mine are just naturally that way. You guys jacked yourselves up. Yeah. I mean, that stream I jumped across was at least two feet why guys like it was well, that's it was, impressive it's not it's very embarrassing uh <laughs> well you are a dad you've got to be embarrassing leslie what you got anything i've got nothing in the pipeline other than what i get invited to so i will turn up where i'm welcome and i would encourage you to be good to each other because life is hard and a lot for all of us yeah yeah, so um, like I said, this is coming out probably the week of Christmas. If you celebrate such things, then Merry Christmas to you or Happy Generic Holidays for everybody um, or wintertime or summer if you're in Australia. Mm, yeah, I, I think so. Oh, send, send folks some love. Everybody needs it. Yeah. Um, I know we used to have at least one listener in Perth. So, you know, there you go. Um, and until next year... Uh, may the force be with you. 
End of episode. An Ipecac swishes a hand out towards the devastating fire. Sorry. An Ipecac. Sorry. I keep saying that is my god. Where we need to get across this room. Ipecac. Sorry. Pung. I keep getting. I keep getting my name confused. Chris, please tell me you're going to edit this out so I don't sound like a buffoon. Chris. <laughs> that is true. Chris. That is true. You were a harsh editor. You may, you exposed my flufferies to all. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'd say harsh. Maybe a Honest. little honest. Lazy? No. Wait. I love you, Chris. <laughs> I, love you, Chris. <laughs> I guess a professional podcasters listen to them flub it consistently. <clears throat> They're think- human like you. Chris likes to encourage people to make things, and that's <laughs> one of the ways he lets them know. You can do this. 